Well, for us, the football ferns might be done for now, but the fun is certainly far from over. In fact, it's hotting up as the FIFA Women's World Cup is concerned. In fact, it is uh, really at uh, quite a crucial stage. Uh, still some sides vying for those last uh, playoff positions and others having their last efforts in the tournament. We warned you, didn't we, last week that Japan were a good smoky at $23 on our market, and didn't they pour the hurt on Spain last night in Wellington with a ruthless intent on the break. So tonight we see some more genuine contenders uh, look to book their spots in the playoff rounds with some momentum. Star-studded US side taking on Portugal at Eden Park here in New Zealand uh, from 7 o'clock, while after that it's the Lionesses of England against China in South Australia across the ditch. Now Tom Gary is a very important man. He's Telegraph's uh, sports women's football reporter and isn't it big business in the UK. Because of that he's down under following the English side covering this uh, extraordinarily good tournament. Tom, good morning to you and thanks for your time. Oh, good morning. Really nice to speak to you. How are you? Yeah, fairly good. Uh, uh, Tom here, look, uh, what about uh, from um, someone who's up close and personal with uh, women's football? Um, how have you um, seen the, the World Cup so far? Your impressions of how it's gone down in this part of the world? Yeah, um, I think it's the best Women's World Cup we've ever had. Um, I, I was sort of hoping for that because it was expanded, but we were all quite nervous about maybe how some of the lower-ranked teams would get on uh, with eight extra sides. But actually, so many teams have overperformed and uh, sort of defied the odds, really, to pull off some great results. That Columbia shock the other day, great performances from some teams like the Philippines, uh, Nigeria, Jamaica. There's been some great great performances from some of the underdogs and it's really starting to build nicely now for a fantastic tournament and in terms of down under I mean both both nations have been great hosts we've felt very welcome here very well organized everything's been quite impressive I think much better than France I'm not just saying that when we're speaking but um, we're not just saying that it's really true compared to France four years ago it's night and day in terms of the atmosphere uh, and the organization has been a real step up so it's been very impressive so far. Uh, group uh, B last night was a really important clash. Um, Australia against Canada. Australia without Sam Kerr. Um, and very nervous, I would imagine, as a co-host and one of the favourites. And they delivered, Tom, in pretty emph- emphatic fashion. Yes, and I think there's a prospect of Australia building up some good momentum now. They they look to me like a side who needed that result just to get a bit of confidence back in and so much talk about Sam Kerr. She was the poster star, wasn't she? But there's, we, we always forget sometimes that there are also some very, very, very good players in that team who aren't Sam Kerr. And they're a real force to be reckoned with it in this tournament. Um, I think they, I certainly wouldn't want, if I was a fan rather than journalist, I certainly wouldn't be wanting England to be playing Australia in, in, in the first knockout round because I, I don't think anybody will want to play a buoyant Australia with the momentum that they got after that impressive victory last night. I mean, Canada, the Olympic champions, that that was a huge result um, for Australia. And yeah, I think uh, it's good to see one of the co-hosts getting through. It's good for the tournament. It's good for the atmosphere. And I, I think they're a real force to be reckoned with now in the knockout stages. Group C is now complete. Um, and on the back of uh, Japan for Spain, nil. Um, I've never seen a more uh, effective counter-attack in any form of football, I don't think. But Japan now have uh, put together seven goals, uh, 11 goals, without conceding one. Uh, they were outsiders. I'm not sure they are now. 
No, um, I think Japan have been the best team I've seen in the tournament. I, I didn't expect that to be the case. I, I was lucky enough to attend an England friendly against Japan last November in Spain on neutral territory and um, Japan were missing a few players but England won the game 4-0 and it, it was a really straightforward and quite easy victory for, for England and I think off the back of that result and some of the other Japan results over the last 12 months a lot of us didn't really expect Japan to, to be you know a contender here but they have been absolutely magnificent it, it was a tactical masterclass last night they only had I think four shots on target and they scored from all four of them 20% of possession I believe that's the lowest ever possession share for a side that's won a Women's World Cup match um, but they, they really taught Spain a lesson and I, I, they've been the most impressive team I've seen I, at the moment if you ask me to say yeah who, who, who am I thinking will win it well, well the best team we've seen so far is Japan um, I, I think they were wonderful to watch and uh, yeah, they, they, they've been very, very good. The team you're following very closely, of course, is uh, England and the Lionesses have hit the back of the net just twice so far in Group D. Uh, what are you expecting tonight against China? I think it'll be tricky again. We've, we, we've not really seen England click into full gear yet. Um, they're a bit low on confidence in the strikers who they haven't scored a... Uh, many goals at all over the last few months and, and now they're, tonight they're missing England's most important player Kira Walsh the, the Barcelona holding midfield player and actually the, the world's uh, most expensive women's football transfer when she joined Barcelona uh, Walsh is out with, with an, an injury so um, I think it will be difficult for England tonight against the Asian champions and I think I do think that they, they will get through and I do think they'll win the game but we're probably expecting another fairly narrow fairly nervous victory and England haven't, yeah, they haven't really clicked into the full gear that we've seen, we were expecting from England yet. You know, they had such a wonderful summer last year. They are missing so many players. They're missing the captain, Leah Williamson. They're missing the top scorer from the Euros, Beth Mead. They're missing Frank Kirby, who I think is their best player. And, and now they're missing Walsh. So um, they're having to adapt. Uh, and I think, I wouldn't expect, certainly I wouldn't expect the kind of 4-0 we saw masterclass from Japan yesterday. I think this will be quite nervous I think it'll be quite edgy and tight but I, I would expect England to just about get the job done and that would mean they would if they could do that they would set up a last 16 tie against Nigeria which would be yeah quite quite tricky <laughs> so yeah, yeah. England um, they should do it yeah just just have you like a lot of people um, you, you may well know the USA side a little bit better because you, you you look a lot more in depth than a lot of the countries I'm sure but have you been a little bit underwhelmed with uh, the USA to this point a little bit, I suppose. Um, they I, I, coming into the tournament, I wasn't really sure that Vlatko Andonovsky knew his best team. Um, still not entirely sure that he does. They're missing a couple of important players, of course. But um, I, I think they'll have a. I think the USA will have a really tricky time of things today against Portugal. Um, we. England played Portugal in a warm-up friendly at the start of July, and it was a, it was a goal of straw in the end. But po Portugal proved themselves to be quite effective as a defensive force quite organised defensively uh, tactically they were well coached and I, I don't think this will be very easy for the USA today I wouldn't be completely surprised if, if even if the USA were to get the win that it wasn't enough for them to win that group um, because I would expect that the Netherlands' victory today would be would be a lot more straightforward and so I, I'm sort of preemptively wondering if we might end up with the USA finishing as runners-up in, in that group, which would be a big shot. But, uh, yeah, so that's your question. I have been a little bit underwhelmed with the USA. I, they're not 
I don't think there's the fear factor that there used to be about the United States. I think if you went back to the last couple of World mm -hmm. Cups, they had a real, a real aura and a presence of, uh, uh, and there was like an ego about them that you just they, they, they knew they were going to win every game. And I, I don't think that's there anymore. The, the Olympics kind of brought them down to earth. Earth a little bit, and um, I don't think teams are afraid of them anymore. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Portugal gave them a real, real run for their real run for their money today. Okay, uh, just uh, staying in the European side of things, if we could, uh, Tom. I, I, look, I, I agree with you. I think the Netherlands will account for Vietnam, so that, that's through. Um, and I'm not sure they've played all their cards yet either. Uh, but one side that's is, uh, pretty much impressed me as well is, uh, and they mopped up Italy the other day, five 0 Sweden. Yeah. Yeah, such a good side. So incredible experience um, in in that team. They they've really gone under the radar a little bit, um, but we we've watched them a lot over the last few years. Semi finalists in in the Euros last year, uh, and just but just a team with so many players in their thirties who know exactly what they're doing. A major tournament, and we know a lot of them from the Women's Super League up in England. Um, the Arsenal players, for example, like Black Stenius and Illustet. Uh, they're, they're a very, very experienced side, and, and that counts for a lot in a tournament like this, where uh, it's quite, it's wide open, and there's maybe seven, eight, eight teams who are all in the mix for this trophy. Um, and when it's when it's close to call like that, sometimes the team, the players with the, with the experience and the know-how of getting through major tournaments would might be it might be a safer bet than we thought. And I, I, yeah, I, I would expect Sweden to to go through. The prospect, I'm, I'm sort of getting ahead of myself here because we don't know the results from today, but the prospect I'm kind of building myself up for mentally is, is Sweden-USA in the first round of the knockout stages. That, if mm. that was to be the case, that would be a bit of a, a, a box office uh, knockout fixture. Uh, it's lots of ifs, buts and maybes to get to that stage. But um, Sweden have been a bit of a nemesis for the USA over the years, uh, historically. Uh, one of the few sides with a, with a good record against them, and we might be yeah, we might be in for a really exciting uh, first knockout round. Uh, and uh, when we look at World Cups, male or female, we always look at we uh, you know we always factor Brazil in there, but they were humbled by France to one the other day. If I want to stay in South America, I'm looking very closely at Colombia. Yeah, <laughs> what was amazing for me about Colombia not only how well they played and their uh, great performance against Germany, but the support they had in the stadium in Sydney was absolutely electric, and we've not we've not seen that. Uh, maybe with the exception of the, the support that we've seen for the two co-hosts, which has been really nice too. In terms of the, the, the atmosphere that the Columbia fans generated was absolutely superb. I, I'm still I've been asking some lots of people to try and sort of get a sense of how many of those people are living here in Australia and how many have flown over. I, I, it's, it's quite hard to gauge, but certainly what is true is that they are backed in enormous numbers. And the, the noise for the anthem there and the roar when they scored, um, real goosebumps. And they are, they're, yeah, they're, 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 they're one of these... So they've been helped a lot for Colombia by how many of their players now are, are getting the chance to play and train full-time professionally in Spain. Um, and that's really, that's really helped kick on the national side. Um, and so, so Caicedo, who scored that first goal, the 18-year-old, um, looks a magnificent talent. I mean, we're so excited about what, what she could do in the future. Yeah, I want to keep an eye on Colombia, and um, they, they look like they're going to win that group. So um, that's a real shock and another reason why it's been such a fantastic tournament. 
Hey Tom, uh, over here uh, we're still, I think, as New Zealanders, uh, we, we don't get to see our football ferns play on New Zealand shores very often. We're, we're not quite, um, you know, accustomed to just the power of women's football around the world. Uh, we're learning now, obviously, through this tournament. Uh, but you have your finger on the pulse. I mean, it's your it's your job to 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 turn up and and, and follow it in depth. Uh, just how big, how lucrative is women's football in the areas you cover it? Well, um, it, 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 the answer to that, I suppose, is that it's it's becoming more and more lucrative rapidly. At a, at a, the acceleration is in really intense, very hard to, to to say year to year because it just, the the inflation of the everything from the crowds to the wage wages and and transfers and everything it's it's rising year on year so much faster that every time I see a new forecast, it seems to uh, outbeat it. It, it. But there's still I'm sorry, I'm not answering your question very well, but we see real peaks and troughs. So in Europe, we've had some great moments where you've had like Barcelona's Camp Nou full, you know, for Champions League games, 90,000, which is just incredible to see that. And then you can be, just a couple of weeks later, you could be down at a Women's Super League game, uh, Everton, for example, down at Walton Hall Park with, you know, 1,400 people. Um, and there's this sort of huge... Mm contrast um, and we see enormous interest around the big matches and we see enormous interest around the, the Lionesses matches the England team uh, filling out Wembley etc and you know, millions watching England on TV and then, and then we see much much smaller numbers for some of the you know, the, the, the smaller it's, it's still a battle I think for the kind of more run of the mill fixtures to, to break through into the national consciousness but um, in terms of how big it's getting, I, I, I don't think we can really over-exaggerate how, how big it's becoming in Europe. We're, Arsenal have been filling out the Emirates Stadium, uh, and we, you know, we're looking at this, what could be a huge, huge industry, and will be a huge industry going forward, because just because the growth and the investment is, is, is going off this chart. From I used to go to games five, six years ago where I would be the only reporter in the press box. And you come to a World Cup like this, and you've got uh, these packed, packed press rooms. Um, the, yeah, the, the, the growth is rapid, and uh, straight to see. Tom Gary, uh, fantastic uh, for you to spend uh, some time with us uh, this morning as uh, we reflect on what you've seen so far. Uh, very important tonight for China and England in uh, Adelaide, and of course, over this side, we look at USA and Portugal. Hey, Tom, thanks for your time. Uh, enjoy what's coming up uh, in the Football World Cup. A uh, real pleasure. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.